Oh, hey, you're listening to Pep Talk, a podcast launched during the national lockdown in April 2020 to celebrate and support our favourite New Zealand businesses. Join Grace Creft, ex-lawyer and former owner of Sweet Bakery and Cakery to hear about how some of our favourite businesses built their brands, the ups and downs along the way, and what we can do to support them, both now and once business as usual returns. So, are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break? Then here's your host, Grace. When Chloe and her new friend Sarah headed to Brazil for a wedding, they were just blown away by the colourful culture they found there and decided when they got back to create a New Zealand business making colourful activewear for NZ women. Xenia is more than just colourful leggings. The quality and functionality of their products comes first, of course, but they've also created this whole community here in New Zealand of proud, active women who are loving their bodies and embracing this colourful life. If you're listening to this episode around the time of release, head on over to the Pep Talk Instagram, which is at peptalknz, to enter our giveaway to win your very own pair of Xenia leggings. These are so soft and deluxe, and they're made right here in New Zealand. You will love them. Just a quick heads up as well that Chloe's audio does change a little partway through it, our chat. We're both calling in from smaller towns where the internet ain't so flash, <laughs> but please bear with us because I know you will really enjoy Chloe's approach and everything she's learned along the way in this very bright and very fun business. Here we go. Hello, Chloe. It is so great to have you on Pep Talk. Thank you for joining me. Uh, tell us where you're phoning in from, just to set the scene a little bit. Oh, so I'm phoning in today from uh, very, very sunny for once, um, Mount Wanganui. So it's yeah, a beautiful day here, which I'm super stoked to get outside a bit later on and, and go and get some nature time. Ah, oh, beautiful. You're ma- making us jealous. That sounds lovely. <laughs> Actually, it's quite nice here as well. I can't complain. <laughs> so I am such a big leggings fan. I just live in them all the time. I'm wearing them right now. So I am very intrigued to hear the story about how you, how you started the business and everything. But before we do into all of that, it's time for the quick warm up like we always do with our this or that questions to get started a little bit. So first one for you, I chose is pretty basic for you, but I want, I'm interested to know if you're a leggings or a shorts girl. Oh, okay. That's definitely an occasion type question. Mm-hmm. So if I'm out for a run, shorts. Oh, okay. Um, unless it's like depths of winter and then it's longer running leggings. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm very much a leggings gal, like just for the everyday life type thing. It's very unusual to see me wearing pretty much anything else (laughs) (laughs) well you kind of have to rip the brand a little bit don't you (laughs) always (laughs) (laughs) and another one for you because I know you're all about color so we've got brights or pastels oh I'm brights 100% I am not a pastel girl like the most vivid you can make it I'm 100% there oh I love that (laughs) yeah not quite fluoro I'll, I'll restrain on fluoro but yeah the more vivid the better good yeah I feel like fluoro is a different category so you can have you can have brats that's good all right next we've got pop music or rock music oh okay can I say neither oh yeah you can <laughs> there are lots of other kinds of music obviously. yeah um 
I, I'm not opposed to a bit of either, but I'm more of like a house chill vibe, mm. um, something a little bit more electric, kind of funky sort of stuff. Nice. Okay, yeah, you can say neither. And that, yeah, that's quite a hard one to choose to choose just two to compare for that. So yeah, <laughs> I'll let you off on that. All right, camping or glamping? Oh, camping, hundred percent. Authentic. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not above like doing it in style, but I don't need creature comforts to camp. And then, last one for you, we're going to do read the book or watch the movie. Oh, uh, definitely read the book, just from a details kind of perspective. Like, I just feel like you get to know the characters a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I'm always a read the book first, then watch the movie. And then be that really annoying person that like compares them the whole time. <laughs> and then feel slightly disappointed because they left out some really important part the of the book. Part, yeah, always. <laughs> All right. So now that we've got to know you a little bit, Chloe, it's cool to kind of kick off this first bit of the chat with hearing a bit about your personal story. Because I love to kind of set the scene with that background. Things like uh, where you grew up and did you study at uni and what early jobs you had. So tell us the whole story. Yeah, sure. So um, I grew up in Papamoa and went out to school in Tupuki and um, decided, like I had a real passion for um, physical activity and sport and decided that I would go and do my uh, physical education degree. So I moved all the way down to Otago. So went from being a sunny bay of plenty to freezing my butt off most of the year um, type of human. Yeah, big and change. Big change. So um, I loved my Otago experience. I think most people who studied there generally do. It is, um, yeah, I mean, being part of the PE school, whether it's not huge numbers of students, you do get to know your classmates pretty well. And I've still got some really amazing friends that I made at university that are still very much part of my life now. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, I'm an um, Otago girl as well. I feel, um, yeah. <laughs> and then from there, um, yeah, I kind of decided I wouldn't get a real job straight away. And I actually ended up finishing my, I, well, I did a, a, a BCom as well for management. Um, my parents were quite um, supportive of the idea of doing two degrees, like something that went with PE because they were kind of worried about, you know, like there's a lot of graduates who come out of sport programs who don't necessarily get to work in sports. So, um, yeah, they were supportive of me doing that. So I actually finished my last semester living in Queenstown and um, spent sort of like six to eight months there um, just working in tourism and decided pretty quickly that I really didn't want to work in tourism and it takes a special kind of person to uh, work with general public day in, day out, especially when everyone else is on holiday. And I decided that probably wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> what kind, Were you doing like extreme sports of some kind there? Oh, so I was um, working at Shot Over Jet. And oh, so <laughs> I spent a lot of time um, hanging up with life jackets and um, directing people down to the beach to get on the boat and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, like I generally love people, but yeah, that was a whole new experience, especially during their peak summer season. So um, from there, I moved back to Tauranga and um, didn't have a job, didn't really know what I was doing, staying with the family. Um, and a really good friend of mine kept sending me jobs to move to Hamilton. And I was like, who wants to live in Hamilton? <laughs> and then I did actually end up getting one of the jobs working in disability sport. So I moved to Hamilton and became one of those people. I ended up there for seven years. Oh, wow. Um, 
yeah, I know. I'm still kind of in, in shock. But yeah, it turns out when I go back to the city, I actually really enjoy it because I've still got great friends there. And I really love like their restaurant culture is amazing for someone like me who really enjoys eating. Um, so yeah, so I spent yes seven years over in Hamilton working at Sport Waikato and doing work for um, people with physical disabilities, which is also where I met my business partner. So she was working uh, for water safety at the time and we're all housed in the same building and uh, similar age and stage of life, that kind of thing, and became friends with Sarah. And yeah, so she actually came to work one day and said to me, do you want to come to Brazil? And I was like, well, that's a bit random. Maybe. And then I went home and I was talking to my flatmates and they're like, why are you not going? <laughs> go to Brazil. Was she just traveling there um, and wanted she, you to go with? Yeah. Well, she was actually invited to a friend of hers wedding, which, um, yeah. And then she said, well, why don't you come? So we, we took off to Brazil for three weeks. And that's kind of where we got the first ideas for Xenia, which um, I, I'm not sure if you've spent time in South America, but... Brazil in particular is a very colourful place. Like one of the things that I was amazed about is how much the women there like love and appreciate their bodies. And coming from New Zealand where we like to hide anything that wobbles, um, we wear a lot of black, you know, there's a lot of, cons- like we're quite a conservative country when it comes to women's bodies and um, expressing ourselves through what we wear that, you know, seeing kind of the flip side of that you know like grandma is 80 in a bikini on the beach and you're like whoa like I'd never seen anything like that and there was like this incredible amount of freedom that came with being in Brazil and being able to just wear whatever you wanted and nobody blinks an eye you know I love that like that kind of colorful lifestyle inspired it and how did that pair up with the active wear side of things did that just really naturally come from both of you being very you know like naturally physically active people um, yeah, I mean, that was a really great connection. But it, the, in all honesty, like I was never a colour person before that <laughs> trip to Brazil. So, and even it took me a little while after that, actually. I remember distinctly sitting in a shop. So Sarah has very much been a colour person for a lot longer than I have been. And sitting in a shop while she tried like hundreds of pairs of leggings on and I just sat there going okay and she's like do you like the blue green ones or the green blue ones and I was like (laughs) I am gonna die this like please make a decision (laughs) you know like please can we go do something else now but I did buy some pairs for like friends and family and we got back here and we just real looked around and could see that there was just like there was no color you couldn't buy it in shops or you had to buy it online like there just wasn't the options there from a New Zealand company where you could buy colourful activewear. So yeah, we kind of got to the point, like, and we sat on the idea for quite a while, um, but we got to the point where we were like, well, we could bring in a few pairs for friends or we could turn this into a company and give it a real go. Was it something that you always thought you would do at some stage, owning a business, or was it more just you had this idea and you couldn't look past it? Um, I think there's probably a part of me that really likes that entrepreneurial challenge. Um, the work that I was doing um, when we started Xenia around disability sport, like I had quite an independent role. So I really enjoyed a lot of the challenges that came with that. You know, like 
you're if you're potentially the only person working for the organization like you've got to get creative and you've got to come up with solutions that help like multiple people with you know minimal action so I really liked I like I like a good challenge so <laughs> yeah and it was yeah we did kind of get to that point where it was like actually maybe we just give this a go and l- let's see what magic we can create and how did you come up with the name Xenia can, ah. can you tell us what it means yeah sure so Xenia or Enya is like put on the end of people's names as like a term of endearment in Portuguese so which is what they oh. speak in Brazil and so, like, my name becomes Chloe Zenia or Sarah becomes Sardinia. So we, it's not spelt the way that we spell it. With um, In Portuguese, it's like Z-I-N-H-A. And we were like, there's not a Kiwi in the world going to say this how we <laughs> yeah. want them to. So Zenia itself, how we write it, is a complete made-up word. Oh, but I love where it comes from because that's, so that's, like, how you greet people that you care about and love. So it kind of it has a nice feeling to it too. Yeah, yeah, and we like to think that the people who, like, we call them our super fans, but really they're our friends of Xenia, you know? Like, they're the people that we create products for. And what would my name be? Grace Xenia? Grace Xenia? I think you'd go Grace Xenia. Yeah, you get rid of the Z. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) So (laughs) in terms of starting everything out, you've got this idea that that you both love and Sarah's really keen. You've got this awesome name. And then you're like, cool, so we have to make leggings. <laughs> like, how how do you do that? Like, you, I'm right in thinking that you didn't have a background in fashion or sewing. So what did that process look like in terms of deciding to do it and then actually having a pair of leggings in your hand that you guys had made? I just realized that I'm, like, silent laughing and it's a podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we neither of us came from a fashion design background at all. So, um, and we knew that initially, like the textiles and designs that were coming out of Brazil were very much something we wanted to align with, you know, that bright color, like that look and feel um, and the energy that came with it. So we actually used, um, I can't think of the word, like an outsourcing website to we posted a job on there for people in brazil to pick up you know asking us to find manufacturers arrange samples all that kind of stuff and so we posted that job and we got a fantastic girl who spoke both english and portuguese and she got a whole bunch of like contacts for us and we talked to a whole bunch of people and we got our first supplier and we got our first lot of samples and we thought oh these are fabulous oh that must have been an exciting day when they arrived (laughs) it was very exciting but I can tell you what wasn't as exciting as when the first shipment turned up and it was not as good a quality as all the samples oh no so I think like if there's a hard lesson to learn in everything we've probably learned it That's so the way with business, especially when you're starting out with something so new for you. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, like we couldn't even ask for a type of stitch or, a, you know, whatever type of finish because A, we didn't know what the word was even in English sewing terms, let alone trying to translate that back to Portuguese. So we ended up having to, there was a lot of sort of, um, I guess, stress and angst with that those first kind of orders and we actually got to a point where we were like we can't use this guy anymore like we just we're not getting what we need it's not the fabrics that we want and then we had another um friend 
over there who said, oh, I've got this friend who has a clothing company over there. Why don't you talk to her? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, well, we connected up and she's now our supplier for our Brazilian-made items. Oh, that's good. That worked mm. out well. Yeah. Nice. And then at kind of this end, so that's kind of the sourcing the fabrics and how they're made and everything. And then at this end, I guess you've got all the customer and stuff, like doing the branding and the website and like how who are you actually going to sell them to and things. That must have been a big part of the puzzle too, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the first thing is like finding a website provider, right? Like, and I guess we're, uh, we were extremely naive. Like, we're like, oh, we'll have a website. We'll tell some people about it and we'll get some sales. Like, I'll be honest and say we don't really come from a marketing background now at this point either like obviously we've learned a lot of this stuff as we've gone but um yeah I think part of me naively thought like oh how hard can it be it'll just happen yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah it turns out there's actually a bit more to it than that because you've got you guys have kind of created a bit of a community now right like we've got your super fans as you call them and these people who are really active and that they it's like not just a pair of leggings or shorts it's like a whole lifestyle that these people are joining you with does that kind of sound right yeah I mean that's the goal right like the idea is just to have as many people who love your stuff as possible right and they come back and they tell their friends um so for us it's always been about really good customer service um like even when we weren't getting it right admitting to people that we were wrong so we've had to do that and um and being really open with our communication like we want the people who we make our clothing for to feel like they're part of the brand and that they also get a bit of a voice. So we've got this, um, it's essentially like a VIP Facebook group, but we've called it um, Xenia's Activewear Anonymous. So it's essentially like for everybody who's got an activewear addiction to our, <laughs> our clothing, it's like a little support group and everybody oh, like, I love that. it's really like the group, group is awesome. They're all just, you know, like say we say Sarah and I can't choose between a print. We'll go, okay, these are your two options. Um, which one is going to be the best in our next collection and so everyone jumps on board with that and has an opinion and then yeah it gets really upset if they can't get both of them and then we're like no you can only choose one but <laughs> oh that's so helpful though yeah it's so helpful for you guys to have that customer base on tap to provide really honest feedback like that's quite hard to get um and it's obviously super valuable in terms of getting it right for your fans yeah, absolutely. So like we're in, we're just in the process now of um, getting some final samples for like some uh, some planer tops to go with the leggings. And, you know, like I was like, uh, team, what do you want to see in tops? And I was like, actually, I'm going to turn the comments off now. I think everyone's had enough say. <laughs> <laughs> it can go too far. Yes, I'm, there's a, definitely a line. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, you know, like I'm like, obviously we'll do our best, but I do not think we can get one top that does all of these things. For everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And another thing that's changed along the way, I guess, is that you've changed to at least some of your gear being made in New Zealand now, because obviously if you mentioned it was being made in Brazil to start with, but really cool that you can support um, some New Zealand manufacturers too. What, where did that decision come from to change over? Oh, so I guess for us, a big part of it was that consistency in supply chain. Um, you know, like we were still getting the odd order where like, oh, the wrong stitch has gone into the ankle, but it's come all the way from Brazil. So getting changes made to them here is like, it's more cost effective. It ended up being like relatively similar, like once you consider custom, customs costs and things like that to bring the fabric in as it was to bring a finished product in. So we did quite a lot of investigation and um, 
it's yeah i mean it, that doesn't mean we haven't had challenges here like you know we we don't know how we well we didn't know how our fabric reacted when it was cut and things like that so we ended up with an accidental children's range the first time we did it because we didn't <laughs> relax the fabric long enough for it to like stretch back down from oh, being wow. on a roll yeah and so they oh, cut wow. it and then of course it shrunk oh it's tiny <laughs> <laughs> yeah and people still ask us if we're going to do more kid stuff and I'm like well we never meant to do it in the first place oh cute though I would be all about tiny active wear <laughs> yeah super cute mum daughter moments yeah let's do it <laughs> now you've got the uh, fabric still comes in from Brazil so it's still those uh, amazing you know like the designs that kind of embody that culture but then you've got some makers here that are sewing them together for you and everything is that how it works now yeah yep that's exactly right so yeah we get that all cut and sewn here in New Zealand from the Brazilian fabric mm, cool that's a good balance I like that Hey guys, Grace here. I am just jumping in super quickly to let you know I am so excited to announce the wonderful team at Hatch have come on board as an official sponsor of Pep Talk. As you'll know, a few weeks back, I chatted with the co-founder of Hatch, Kristen, all about what it's like working at a tech startup, women in leadership, and so much more. I've also just started my own investing journey with Hatch, and I'm exploring the Hatch platform myself, so I'm mega excited to share this with you guys going forward. Hatch is an online platform right here in New Zealand that allows you to buy shares in US companies. It's all online and it's super easy. Best of all, they are all companies that you've heard of. Things like Amazon, Tesla, McDonald's, Nike. It's all there. If you want to jump onto Hatch yourself to have a bit of an explore, use this link to find out more and you'll score a handy $20 credit when you deposit $100. Head to hatch.as slash peptalknz. I am so grateful to Hatch for sponsoring Pep Talk. Bringing these chats to you every week brings me so much joy, but as I'm sure you can imagine, it also takes a lot of time. So having a little helping hand from Hatch means we'll be able to continue to share these amazing New Zealand businesses and stories with you guys well into the future. So please do give them some love back when you can. And now, back to the Pep Talk. Okay, so I'd like to talk a little bit about colour because we've kind of touched on this already, but uh, the colourful side of Brazil inspired Xenia in the first place and your motto is embracing life through colour, which I love and I'm a big colour person. Like I, I find it really inspiring and uplifting. I remember back when I used to work as a lawyer, sometimes I'd be like the only person in the whole office that was wearing anything colourful and it would really stand out. Like um, I'm kind of interested to pick your brain a bit on colour, like the impact that you guys find that it has on lives and how it boosts mood and helps with your self-expression and things like that can you tell us how all that plays out yeah so I mean that's part of the big reason that we decided to do color you know because of the way that it makes you feel like it literally just makes you happy like you know there's all sorts of confidence that comes from various colors and um I know I remember like in my previous life um <laughs> you know hearing from a lady who when she spoke she always wore bright red shoes mainly because it made her memorable in people's mind. And so I guess, like, for us, it was trying to break away from some of that black cult, like, clothing that we just always wear in New Zealand, like, literally a national colour, and um, and allowing people to get that self-expression, like you're talking about, and 
Um, so for us, all of our prints are limited edition. So once they're gone, that's it. You So you don't have, you know, thousands of pairs of the same thing. And so you can genuinely build yourself like a unique wardrobe compared to everybody else out there. So, um, and like, I don't know, there's different prints that might be for a different mood. Like we've got some more subdued ones there for a day where you have to be maybe slightly more formal. Um <laughs> but still wear your leggings um yeah but you're right like it does stand out and in, in say like workplaces or um color in general you know like no one ever gives you a compliment on your black leggings mm, so true yeah yeah so like for us it was like actually these are really important because we want to celebrate how our body feels right now rather than like you know uh, I don't know, as women, we tend to, like, punish ourselves for our bodies not being perfect. But the idea for us is that, you know, we'll make clothing for you so you can feel good right now, regardless of, you know, what body size you are or body shape. We, we'll do our best to, to mean that you can get that in your life. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. And I think I read somewhere how you'd mentioned that how annoying that statement black is slimming is and how like people are encouraged to wear black. Like like we I'm sure we've all just taken this for granted, but like when you actually stop and listen to that statement, it, you just hear how ridiculous it is. Like we should be wearing what makes us happy and feels good, not what makes us small look smaller to other people for some crazy yeah. reason. Like I'd much yeah. rather see someone colorful, happy, being themselves like comfortable in their skin all of that it's so much more pleasing to my eye than someone that looks smaller it's yeah it's a funny yeah. one yeah mm. and smaller compared to what like mm. is my next question as well like I know that we've all come across really bad pairs of black leggings where you get terrible underlines or the fabric doesn't sit right and you just think that's you know I I would just rather see like a really great colorful pair of leggings like personally <laughs> yes and I love yeah like all of your images of yours every every it's always so uplifting just looking at them because everyone just looks so happy and confident and colorful I love it um and yeah. in terms of where everything's at with senior now for you like is this your full-time job now and if it like what what are you loving about it what's your favorite part of all of this Oh, yeah, it is. And um, to be honest, like, I really love the community stuff. So on Sunday, it was the shortest day. So we, um, like, I have this personal tradition where I always get, go for a swim on the shortest day. It doesn't matter where I am in the world. <laughs> um, and I just like the idea of getting in the water on a cold day. Like, it just makes you feel really good. So we decided that, um, you know, we had so much support and other companies in New Zealand had so much support coming out of level four and into level three that I was just, I felt like, you know, there's still going to be a lot of people who are badly affected by the whole COVID experience and that I wanted to bring the community back together, like in person. Well, when we first started playing this, it wasn't going to be in person because mm -hmm. we had all the restrictions, but um, we ended up running small events and we called it um, the Colour and the Cold Challenge and we made, raised money for Variety, the children's charity, and their winter appeal. So the idea was that, you know, people dressed as colourful as they could and jumped in the whatever cold water was near them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so on Sunday we just had, like, I just love the response that we had from our community. Like, I love the women who love our brand. They're real women doing the things that make them happy. And I'm like, what more could you want? Yeah, that side of things would really be like help you feel like you're making a real difference on top of providing this awesome product 
you know actually bringing people together in that way would be yeah really uplifting for you too that's awesome at what do you think has been the hardest part so far through all of this journey um I mean I think the hardest bit is like I well to be honest I mean there's always hard bits Mm. and there's the, the hardest things have been when you get your heart set on a collection and it arrives and something's not right like you know that has been a massive challenge for us at times you know but trying to communicate that in a way that's really transparent with our fans so that they understand what's going on so they're you know they're part of it and they can in some ways they help solve the problem you know like because they go oh yeah we understand that okay so what if we did it this way, you know, mm. and they get on board with the solutions that we offer. Um, yeah, and I think that in itself's probably been the hardest bit. That, I mean, it's been really challenging to grow a colour market in a country where black is the predominant thing that most people exercise in. Um, and we've ended up finding that actually our target market are sort of women like late 20s plus because I think you kind of get to a point where you stop caring what other people think so much. So true, yeah. (laughs) And so a lot of our ladies are a bit older. Well, not older, like, you know, my age. (laughs) Or older. Old like Um, us, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so, you know, like, for me, that's been a real shift because I really thought we would be getting people maybe originally that were kind of, like, young 20s, really into yoga, like, um... Like, there, there was that kind of side of things. Mm. So our target market has shifted and changed over the years alongside our products, which has been, you know, you can't predict any of that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like your approach to all that in terms of, like, communication and listening to your people, and that's what's guiding that, which just makes total sense. And that's part of why it'll be so successful. Because if you just be like, if imagine if you were like, nope, our target is like early 20s and that's that, then you wouldn't be where you are now because, you know, you have to adapt and change as you go along. Yeah, um, and that's definitely something that we've both been open to doing is like, is that actual growth work. Like, I mean, there's so much that goes into running a business that no one ever teaches you, <laughs> you know, like, and the only way to learn it is literally to do it. So true, yeah, just to live through it and learn from it for next time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so in terms of your kind of big vision plans for Xenia, what, what's next for you guys? I know it's a, yeah, a bit of a weird time for that, but do you have any growth plans that you can kind of share with us that are coming up next? Um, well, I guess at the moment we're kind of in the middle of sort of like taking stock of, of our processes as a result of COVID-19. Like, I mean, we're a small company, so it's pretty easy for us to adapt and change, like, essentially in a day. You know, like, if we go, oh, we're going to go in this direction, we're like, okay, let's go. (laughs) You know, like, we don't have heaps of staff that we have to try and change culture or shift Mm. perspective with. So Agile, yeah. Yeah, and so in that respect, it's pretty, um, I think it's been a great time to be a really small business. Like, yes, it's been super stressful, um, but in some ways that's an advantage coming out the other side. Um, so, yeah, I guess for us it'll be, like, just, you know, the events kind of um, scope has changed. Like, we do attend a lot of events over the summer period, and, you know, like, we were down to go to the Hawke's Bay Marathon for the first time, um. and then they've changed the date, but unfortunately they won't have an expo this year So because they couldn't get a venue to have that 
on the day before the race. So, you know, like all of a sudden we're like, oh, okay, so that impacts our ability to get out to reach new target markets. So we're going to have to be like addressing what our event season looks like based Mm. off, you know, an uncertain future essentially. Yeah, so just kind of adapting with it and seeing where the the dust settles after all of this. Yeah, I think so. Um, Like I'm not going to say that we're going to rush into any really big plans long term, but obviously we would always love to grow our community and grow the lifestyle that goes alongside being part of Xenia. And, um, you know, whether that means into different countries, um, is all, uh, we're always talking about different plans. So, yeah, it'll just be where we feel like we can make the most reliable impact. Mm, yeah, and like I said, it is a weird time to be thinking about the future at the moment. Like, no one's really sure what's, yeah. what's coming. There's a bit of uncertainty and everything, but touch wood so far, things are looking good. And that kind of takes us into you know, that COVID-19 part of everything. And it is just an absolutely nuts time right now in so many ways. So I'm always really interested to hear what impact all of this has had on business because in some way or another, it has impacted everyone, but it's often different for different industries, different people. Um, And it's always, well, often it's not how you'd pick it. Like it's not what you imagine. So I'm interested to hear what was the lockdown time like for you and, and what impact this has all had on your business beyond, you've touched on a few things already, but beyond that. Yeah. So, um, for, so I should also say my business partner has had twins late last year. So, um, all of this has kind of, you know, been sort of dealt with mainly by myself and, um, you know, like obviously with input, but um, like know, she's got her hands full. Yeah, literally. Yeah, she's, yeah, literally has her hands full. Um, so for me, it was quite a like I. We saw the impact on our business the day that the stock market took its first dive, mm. uh, and that was about two ish weeks, I think, before level four was announced. Yeah, like that's I, right. you know, like we took that first hit because people were just. I think people just went, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And no one knows and people stop spending money. Yeah. And, like, being a lifestyle product, like, we're not an essential product. Like, I just, there's literally, like, some, some of our super fans will tell us we're essential to them. <laughs> but um, but I, I do not see us as an essential product. Like, you know, we're a nice to have. So, for me, it was much more stressful in those sort of two weeks before we learned into level four. And then once we knew... We were heading into level four. Initially, we thought we could still ship, and then it was like, okay, no, we can't. So, right. And and almost in some ways, that was a massive reset for me to just actually stop because I don't stop often. (laughs) That's not the kind of person I am. So I, once we knew what the game looked like for four-ish weeks, you can adapt. Yeah. You know, and then I decided that it would be really nice to thank everybody who, because we were actually due to launch a new collection like the week after we would have gone into level four. So our latest New Zealand made. So we'd done a week of pre-sales and then they announced that we were going into level four and I was like, oh, we'll just keep the pre-sales open so people can shop if they want to. And then once all of this is done and we've picked up our stock, we'll ship it all out. And so I decided in my wisdom um, that maybe we should make headbands for everybody who ordered during level four or in the pre-sale. Oh, and cool. yeah, we, I mean, we had some scrap fabric and I thought, yeah, why not? I think that'd be really nice. I think we could, you know, do that. And then I was staying with family during level four 
and convinced my mum to join me on this escapade because she's actually the one who's been with a sewing machine. And so we spent like three, maybe four days literally making headbands and we're, <laughs> we're just going for it because as soon as I put, I was like, oh, hey, we're doing this nice thing for everyone who's ordered. And everyone's like, I need me a headband. Like, <laughs> you know, so people got really excited about a little treat that came with the gear. And then, of course, we had massive delays with the couriers on the other side of that. So of course. it was just an insane kind of like three-ish weeks where people got so excited that they could order New Zealand products again. And we just had a massive outpouring of support. And I'm super, super grateful for everybody who um, purchased from us or shared posts or you know engaged with things that we were doing during Level 4 and Level 3 because... It honestly saved my sanity. Oh, that's so cool. I love how you kept busy with the headbands. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, headbands for days. I think we ended up having like four left over. We were cutting it so f- And because we, we didn't really know how many orders we'd have. Of course. It was all just coming through. And then we were like, oh, crap, we're going to make more. Oh, we need some more. Okay, <laughs> keep keep them coming. We, yeah, now we're really pushing it to try and get a headband out of this piece of fabric. Oh, that's really nice gesture that you could do that though. And yes, probably stopped you going crazy, like you say. Gives, gives you yeah. a project, which is always important yeah. during that time. Another thing would be that, because you'd make that decision to move your manufacturing here to New Zealand, I guess, mm. is that something that's kind of paying dividends now because you don't need to worry quite as much about global supply? And, you know, I imagine like going back and forth with, with products and things must be even harder now. Um, has that been the case for you guys? Yeah, well, um, so we we had our first cut of our New Zealand-made collection that we officially launched like maybe three or four days out of level four mm. so in level three, um, and that sold out in about a week. So we've never had that experience before. That's and I awesome. think, like, so we cut some more and we've topped it back up, which is fabulous. But, of course, now we have no fabric in the country. And um, we have got some on order, so if any of our fans are listening to this, don't worry, there's more coming. Um, it's coming. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's been a really interesting um, – it was great having that fabric already in the country in order to be able to, like, quickly whip through, like, a restock as fast as we could. Um, and I think that's a real bonus, but we are seeing starting to see the impacts of um, – COVID in Brazil being particularly mm, bad. Of course. Um, we're really fortunate that our team over there are able to um, work with social distancing. Like, no one has to get on public transport to get to work. None of them have little kids that they need to be home for. They're all, like, late teens or early 20s, so they can kind of look after themselves. Um, so the ladies who sew for us over there are, you know, they're some of the few that are still able to work. That's so good. And, yeah, I guess thinking about having it split now, you know, with some things happening over there and then the fabric coming from there and then they're being made here. In a way, it maybe makes it more complicated, but at least you've got some things, you know, close by that you can control a bit more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. Oh, that's just all been so interesting to hear how you've brought this all together and this community you've built. I just loved hearing about it and all of the colourful world that you're in. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And before we do wrap up, I always like to end on some inspiration. Not that you haven't been plenty inspiring already, <laughs> but maybe you can just take us out and wrap us up with maybe a favourite quote or a piece of advice that you can share with everyone listening. Yeah, sure. I guess like 
the moral of what I feel like has been the last few years is just be the person who went for it. You know, like we stop sometimes and we overthink why we should or shouldn't do a decision that changes our lives. And sometimes I just think you got to go for it. Like if you don't want to regret stuff, like I was listening to your um, interview that you did with yourself and so much of that I related with I was like you know like I don't have kids in a mortgage but I'm going to do this now is the time to take that risk oh that's so cool I love that be the person who went for it I am very on board with that that suits me thank you so much for that a really good way to round it out and I think your journey and your story just really embodies that so thank you for sharing that with us and the whole story keep it keep it up keep up all this amazing work and I can't wait to see what you guys get up to next Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. It has. Thank you, Chloe. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Grace. Bye. Oh, I honestly just find this part of Pep Talk so fascinating. I just love hearing these stories of people having an idea and just going for it. It's so inspiring too. Like Chloe and Sarah had no idea how to bring this to life, but they just broke it down and figured it out one step at a time. Just see what happens. That's exactly what business should be. And I love that they're finding so much joy in their business and this community. I know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but it's really great to hear this world of color these guys have created. Thank you as always to you for having a listen to this pep talk. I hope that a little burst of color has brightened up your week a little bit. If you haven't already, hitting subscribe or leaving a review on your podcast platform would be so appreciated. Until next time, bye.